evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Fingerprints of Grief podcast. I'm your host, Kim Francis, and we are live in the Fishbowl Radio Network studios. A um, little rainy uh, Friday evening, and I'm really excited. So if you're like, what is that tune? Um, you may have uh, grown up with your grandparents or your family, your mom, your dad, listening to the Gatlin Brothers. I know I did. My mom loved, loved Larry Gatlin and the Gatlin Brothers, and uh, we used to listen to them all the time. And so I'm really excited about um, our guest tonight, a good friend of mine, uh, beautiful, just beautiful in every way, and really excited to welcome to the show tonight, Kim Harmon Gatlin. Welcome, Kim, to Fingerprints of Grief. Thank you, Kim. Love being here with you. Well, we were going to do some audio tonight, and then we're going to have you back. We're going to do a video so we can see your beautiful face. But, um, you know, one of the things, uh, the reason why I wanted to start this podcast is it's been interesting just the last two episodes, people that have known about it. I haven't done a big push on it yet, but it's coming. And um, I was a guest this past week on Mark Henry's show here in the Fishbowl, and he really shared a poignant uh, meaning of listening to the show from last week with Kenny Gant, who you guys may know him, the shark number 29 on the Dallas Cowboys, and um, who just experienced so much loss, but the perspective that he had with which he shared with the audience was really meaningful. And so Mark really had a wonderful compliment about, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect with the show but it wasn't somber. And I said, well, I didn't really, I didn't intend for the show to be about somber and pain and sorrow so that you don't want to tune in. Um, I want to share a, a platform where we can honor those that we love tremendously that we have lost. But also it could be a loss of a dream. It could be the loss of a, a pet, a divorce, a separation, a breakup. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the loss of a person. But so many of us, are not escaping losing our loved ones, especially as we get older, losing our parents um, and so forth. So I'm excited to have Kim on. Kim, go ahead and tell everybody just a little bit about you, um, your background, and why I played the uh, Love of a Lifetime by the Gatlin Brothers. <laughs> um, well, I was born and raised in Dallas, and um, I married Rudy Gatlin of the Gatlin Brothers. I tell people he's the tall, good-looking one on the right. Uh, <laughs> and Anyway, uh, we were married for... Oh, gosh, 20 years, and we have two children together. Uh, Austin is 32, and Lauren's 27 now. And um, anyway, I, you know, we had a great marriage we, and, and until we didn't, and then we have done a really good job, everybody tells us, of co-parenting. After the fact, um, we just kind of stuck to early on that I didn't want people thinking poorly of you know my children's father. He didn't want people thinking poorly of their mother, and so we just always gotten along well and... and uh, remembered that you know our parents I mean our children couldn't divorce either one of their parents and so we've just really tried to uh, do our best to be good parents in spite of the fact that we didn't have a good marriage you know yeah uh, well that's really healthy because as opposed to so many other people that they'll put the children in the middle which is really unfair mm, so yeah. that's a very mature and loving way to do it that's healthy yeah well, you know, Rudy's parents, you know, had been married for 60-some-odd years when he lost them, but wow. um, I grew up with divorced parents, and I just, I knew what I didn't want, and, you know, my parents, they were kind of, it was in the 70s, so they were kind of that, you know, first real uh, generation of lots of divorces, you know, 
um, or new uh, divorce being new to everybody. And um, anyway, so I just kind of learned what I didn't want to do. They did a lot of stuff right, too, don't get me wrong, but I also learned what I didn't want to do. But anyway, I was from here, and um, I moved to Nashville when Rudy and I got married, but when we decided that it was time to have kids, um, I wanted to raise my kids in the Park Cities because that's where I'd grown up. And he was on the road all the time, and he could get anywhere from DFW, so it just made sense for us to move back, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, um, and because of that, I've always been real close to my family. And, uh, you know, my parents lived here, and even, even though my mom and dad were divorced, my mother had been remarried to my stepfather of 42 years when he passed away in uh, May of 2022. And then I lost her um, in October of 2023. Yeah. And it's funny because they really were we, each other's best friend and favorite playmate. So we, we kind of felt like it was kind of the beginning of the end of her, for her when she lost him. You know, you know it's interesting um, because you'll read about, um, you know, I, Kim knows this. I lost my mom 10 years ago and I share a lot about her because I think I think that's something else that um, is really important for me is to share someone that I was so close to and, and had so much love and respect for. And mom was just a hoot. So sharing those stories on Facebook has been fun to, to the receiving. But I think to your point, Kim, like when you're, when he passed away, like, did you, did you visit physically and then emotionally start seeing your mom? Like she's just, cause that's all she knew for such a long time. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, at first I just thought she was just grief stricken, which of course she was because he, we always thought that he would outlive her by about 10 years because, I mean, he was such a jock. I mean, he played uh, basketball for SMU. He was 6'4", always real fit, you know, ran 10 miles a day up until about 10 years ago when he had to have a knee replacement. And, um, you know, just was super healthy all the time. And mom was never unhealthy, but, you know, yeah. she always seemed to have one thing or another going on. And just, you know, we just kind of assumed he would outlive her. And um, he was diagnosed with a real rare and aggressive form of cancer around Thanksgiving of 21. And by May, he was gone. Gosh, you know? yeah. Yeah, and I, I just think it was just shock and disbelief. And, um, you know, one, one thing, when you asked me to do this, what, I think right now, because you know how the, you just go through all kinds of phases of this and there's different levels and different it nev that and that never ends either it's constant <laughs> right <laughs> uh, yeah. and right now i'm at the part where you find out about a bunch of stuff you'd just as soon not know because you know? <laughs> <laughs> then people are like uh oh well did you know this and you're like well i could have lived without knowing that yeah thanks for telling me or thanks for letting me yeah know. well it was so funny because i have this very wise girlfriend who lost her mom a couple of years before i did and she was like, you know what, you're going to be real. And I, I, mean, I don't want y'all to think she robbed a bank or, you know, was a serial <laughs> killer or something. It wasn't anything like that. But um, anyway, it was so funny because my girlfriend was like, well, you know what a, you know, Mother Teresa, my mom was. And, you know, she said, and honestly, she said, I found out a couple of things after my mom passed away that, you know, that just hurt my heart and really upset me because I couldn't talk to her about it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And she said, and I just had to remind myself that one of these days I'm going to be gone and my children are going to probably go through my things and may run across a thing or two that they might look <laughs> that we didn't up. want them so, to know. Yeah, I wish I didn't want, I wish I didn't know that about my mom. And I was like, you know what? That's fair. And it really kind of helped me put it in perspective and feel better about it. You know? Yeah. But, I, um, and I think, because listen, they're human. We're human, right? Exactly. We all make mistakes. There's things that we don't want to bring to the light for whatever reason. And, you know, you respect that. And, um, yeah, so that is a really good perspective. I think we, we forget that our parents are human. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when you when you have the kind of relationship with with them that you and that I we did, yeah, yeah. You know, you have them on a pedestal, and you know, yeah, yet they're just superhuman. You know, yeah, absolutely. It was funny. You know, that reminds me of a quick story. My mother, of course, when she was alive, even on her deathbed, she still denied it. I said, "Mom, you can't deny this." So I was, I don't know, I think I was six years, six or seven, and we lived in Akron still. I think she had met my stepdad was just starting to date him and my mom was a wild child there's no joke about that I mean she was Rizzo and Grease she was she was a free bird out there she was fun and um but I I know I know 1000% that she posed nude for this one guy that she was pseudo dating because I found the painting in the in the closet and I about had a heart attack I think I was seven <laughs> and I was like, what the, you know, I was a very mature seven-year-old, but going on eight years old, I was like, now what is this? And, um, you know, well, that's, you know, nothing passed it off. And so then years later, I would give her crap about it. And I mean, almost until her deathbed, she would not admit it was her. I said, no, mom, if it wasn't you, why would you have a painting of a nude woman yeah, in your like closet you. <laughs> with the same dark hair and the same brown eyes that look just like you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you may not would admit it to me on your deathbed, but damn it, I know it was you. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. I love that. That is hilarious. It was hilarious. So, well, especially if it looked like her. I mean, it did. Oh my god, it looked just like her. It was totally her, even though she was she, totally not fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Like nude. It was like, mom, those are your boobs. You know? <laughs> it, hello. Yes. Um, but I think that's interesting because I've read a lot of stories. Um, especially people with cancer because there's there's a wonderful book that I just happened to pick up years ago when mom was at the hospital in Denison and Reba, you know, Reba has the Reba house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reba McIntyre has the Reba house. And out of all the books that day, she has a beautiful library in the, in the lodging area back behind the hospital where families can stay for free when their loved ones are sick. And and it was just a really hard day for mom. There was a lot of, lot of pain that she was going through. And I just felt so helpless. And I picked up this book. And it was called uh, Final Gift. The Final Gift, Communication of the Dying. And I was just so enthralled with that book. And it was so fascinating to me to read mannerisms, behaviors, characteristics of things she was going through in her cancer that were, I was reading in this book and, um, you know, how your loved ones that go before you will come and visit you to comfort you as they're transitioning. And those things started happening. And so, but going back to your mom, like I've read so many stories where people that have been married for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, that when that person goes, that they're not, they're not necessarily too far behind them even if they're totally healthy yeah it didn't surprise me because actually my great-grandparents were both in their 90s when they passed away and they'd married as teenagers mm. and they had seven kids and you know were you know had great grandkids and I'm wanting to say great great grandkids but um they he uh they were in in uh separate nur- nursing homes one of them was in a memory care facility and the other one was like in a regular nursing home and so they decided it was best not to tell Pampa that Mama had passed away, oh. and you know he died two weeks to the day after she did. It was like she just he just knew she was gone. You know. Well, you know, and and I mean, love is universal. Love is is infinite, and you know that I, I have a good friend that her mom had passed, and I think 
her dad passed three weeks after for the same reason. And her dad, she's like, my dad was so healthy. I said he died of a broken heart. You yeah, know, there was yeah. a. I think they can grieve to death. I really think that's what I mom, do too. You know. Yeah. I really do because I mean I, I expected her. You know, when she was like grief stricken and broken hearted and all that, when it first happened, it was so new. I mean, yeah. it didn't surprise me that she seemed to slow down a little bit and it didn't surprise me that she seemed a little depressed and didn't seem like herself and all that. But she just never really shook it, you know? Yeah. And I think it goes back to you and I've talked about this offline on texting or phone or when we've gotten together is that, you know, this is what I say grief never ends. Uh-uh. You know, grief is love where, with nowhere to go. So that person that we loved is gone. We can't physically have them back. We are used to expressing that love and endearment for them. We we don't. How do you do that? And so it's 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 very debilitating at times, especially when you're in the as you know the most acute phases of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time, you you know you you get more clarity. And I don't know about you. Have you have you had a dream about your mom yet? I'm not. Yeah, it's coming. I'm telling yeah. you, it's coming. It was a couple years after my mom passed away when I started dreaming about her. And they say that's them coming to visit you. you um, know, what's so crazy is um, I had to have you know those shots they do in your neck. You yeah. Know, when you, if when you have, when you're old and have arthritis like me, <laughs> <laughs> they put you to sleep to do that. Yeah. And about. Three weeks ago, um, I had it done for the third time, and um, I'll ne- the very first one of my earliest memories. I had my tonsils out when I was five, and back then they used to put that thing that yeah. mask on your face and have you count backwards to ten. Yep. And the last thing I remember before I knocked out was my mom was standing there holding my hand, and I remember counting like ten, nine, eight, and I was gone. But I remember seeing like a it was like the Brady Bunch thing where they do all the pictures, you know, the little picklets of yeah. the heads. It was my mom's face, and it was like upside down, right side up, you know, tilted to the left, tilted to the right. And it was so funny because when I had that procedure done a few weeks ago on my neck, the last thing I saw before, they, they put me out with propofol this time, of course. Oh, wow. Be. But the last thing I saw before I conked out was that, that same image of my mother's face. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, so let me ask you this. Have Okay, so have you seen a cardinal since she passed? A couple of times. Okay. So I don't know if you know these signs from heaven. For It's been for hundreds of years. People will say these are signs. So have you ever seen just out of the blue a shiny penny and you're like where did that come from uh-huh yeah Th- that's and, and one dimes too yep and then a feather have you just like the other day two weeks ago i was walking outside of my door and there was a beautiful white feather that was in the dead center of the doormat <laughs> just dead center of the doormat a beautiful white feather now where did that come from I just wanted to make sure you saw it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I see those more and more and more. Um, cardinals were very prevalent when my mom passed or when my grandmother passed away. Mom was, I, I was 18, so mom was 34. And we used to see red cardinals all the time. In fact, at my mom's house at Lake Texoma, no joke, we had a red cardinal that would come and tap its beak on the window. And that see. that cardinal lived there for years and we just knew that was grandma and (laughs) truly but let me tell you what gave me goosebumps kim is that the morning mom passed away like 134 in the morning it was seven or eight hours before i went back to the house because i just didn't know what to do with myself Mm -hmm. and i was standing outside talking to my dad and i look over at the tree where the one cardinal always was and i'll be darned there were two 
Now that was, I gave, gave me goosebumps. So I, I said to my dad in Ohio, I said, I got to call you back. I walked as close as I could get within 50 yards of that tree. And the two cardinals sat there, Kim. And I just started bawling in a good way. I was like, wow, if that's not a sign. And then one cardinal flew up, went up over the roof, and the other cardinal stayed. And I know that cardinal was my mother. And, and then it just started flying up. And I saw the two cardinals. And I was like, if that's not the most poignant, like, wow. It was a wow moment. Wow, that is crazy. It was crazy. Um, so, yeah, so when I see those things, it it's always seems to, and you'll know this as you go more and more because you were as close to your mom as I was, it'll be at the most amazing times, like when you're like, gosh, I was having a horrible day, I was really stressed out, something happened I was really emotional about. It's those times when I notice I see those things, and it's like almost her reminding me, it's okay, I'm here. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, so what have you, how have you, I mean, obviously I check on you a lot, but it's been what, about two and a half months? Yeah, she died October 3rd. So okay. Like tomorrow it'll be three months. So, so walk, so just for our listeners, like, how have you been feeling lately? Like, I, I think the thing it's important for people to know is that it's so cliche to say, it's going to get better over time. It, it's never going to be 100% better because we miss them until we're reunited with them again. But it, it, for me, almost 10 years, I cry less. But the first couple years, I cried a lot. So mm -hmm. how, how are you doing with your journey of it being, you know, a little over two months? I mean, you know, have you, have you been angry? Have you been sad? Have you been... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a, you know a, a, I've run the gamut on all that. And, you know, one thing, you know, when I realized what was inevitably happening when she was in ICU was like, I was like, okay, well, this is going to be a real test of my faith. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't say that, you know, this is obviously what we're all striving for. And then, you know, BMS over the fact that, you know, she's there and I'm not because it's the order of things. You know? That's right. And, um, it, 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 but I had a couple, you know, it, it really drives home that there's that one person you can always tell anything or that you can ask for advice about anything yeah. and you know it's not going to be tainted at all. You know, like no matter what personal experience they've had with that same subject, they're not going to bring it to the table. I mean, it's like no matter what, you know, that they've always got your best interest at heart. It's unconditional you know love that you can yeah. go, that doesn't matter what you did, doesn't matter what you have on, doesn't matter what you look like, they love you when you come to them. It doesn't matter. Well, it's funny because somebody gave me this thing the other day that um, uh, that reminded me. And, you know, having two children, I'm acutely aware of this. It's like, you know, your, your mother's the only person in the world who really does want you to be better than them mm -hmm. all the time in every area. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, mean, I, want, I want my kids to be smarter than me. I want my kids to be more attractive than me. I want my kids to be more successful than me. I mean, just all those things that parents feel for their children, you know. And it's like when you know that that person that, you know, is that is always there for you with the best advice no matter what is gone for good and not ever going to be there again, you know. Because, um, yeah. you know, we, we had the kind of mom that we could tell anything. It was so funny because she would go to lunch with her girlfriends and they would be like complaining that, you know, their kids never tell them anything and they're always having to find out about this and that, you know, through such and such. And, you know, mom would just sit there and finally they'd go, okay, you know, you're not contributing anything, you know. <laughs> Do your kids talk? And she's like, are you kidding? My kids tell me things all the time. I wish they wouldn't tell me. <laughs> and, and 
and our friends would tell our, yeah. our mom stuff that they yeah. didn't even tell their own parents, you know? Yeah. She was such a gem in that regard, you know, that, that that's probably been the hardest thing. And I've had a couple of the, oh, my God, like my, my father remarried briefly, this woman, after he and my mom got a divorce, that, I mean, he knew, I think they stayed married like six months. And um, it was terrible, you know. And um, but uh, I, when I, she passed away like a month after my mom did. Oh goodness! And it was so funny because I was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to call and tell mom." <laughs> I know, <laughs> and you, and really in that moment, don't you? Like I still do that, and I'll, especially with my dad, because my my dad was, my dad was, you know, in Ohio. I was here, mm-hmm. so it's really been interesting because I will. I just, I'm like. I'm used to that distance, so I'm, I'm going to go call him, and then it's like, oh, sucker punch, you know? But same yeah. thing with my mom. Like, I can't tell you how many times a day something happens. That's the first person I want to tell. Mm-hmm. I know it. I and know it's it. difficult to, it's difficult because that void is there. And what I started doing, I know in the most acute time after my mom passed, is I did a lot of writing to her. I would write a lot of letters to her because I needed to get it out. Yeah. Um, and you're like me, we're expressive, and we've got a lot of emotion. And so I, I try to encourage people, even if you just want to videotape, you know, or just do a video and you don't even care if you're on video that you can just, hey, mom, just to get it out. But it, it's hard. You know, you, you say, I wish there was a telephone line to heaven because you just one time, you just want that one more time, you know, just sitting in yeah. front of them. And, well, and um, is, more often than not, when even with mom and I see you, you know, I mean, you know, she woke up long enough, you know, for to answer some, you know, medical questions that we had to ask her because I wanted it to be her decision. And I was about to have to make it without her. And I wasn't happy about that, you know, because yeah. it was one of the few things we hadn't discussed, of course, you know. Right. And um, she it was just the grace of God that she woke woke up long enough to tell me what she wanted to do. But, you know, the last I mean, in my case, anyway, what I've noticed consistently with people that I've loved that I've lost to disease, especially you don't realize the last conversation that you're having with them is the last real lucid, coherent, you yeah. know, they're totally with it conversation. You, know, I know. you don't realize it's the last one you're going to have. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, you're exactly right. And I just think that you have to, I think for anyone listening, you're going through that with your loved one. It's so difficult to watch them be sick. It is so mm-hmm. difficult. You know, a mom, mom was 62 years old, 61 you know, and passes at 62 and just that journey in 11, uh, well, actually one day, she, she passed one day after her one year anniversary, kind of like your dad really fast. And, um, but we had known that she'd had it. We, we didn't know she had had it for three years prior and that the doctor kept missing all her acid reflux symptoms. Mm. Um, and just, you know, so, so that's hard sometimes to not think about the what if, you know, what, what if they had caught it earlier and she could have had the surgery? Cause by the time they found it, she, it was too late for the surgery. Um, but you're right. It, and I think, did, did you talk to her a lot? Even when she was back to sleep, did you, you obviously stayed there with her. Uh, yeah. I never looked for signs. And they say that hearing is the last to go. I believe that. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was really interesting. I didn't catch this. My daughter did. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, I hope this doesn't freak anybody out. No, but sure. If, if I mean, if, if you've never if you've never been with someone when they passed away, um, you know how they do that with the and the first time I ever saw it. Thank God, we had the most lovely nurse who was very good about telling us exactly what, what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, 
but it's that death rattle they do. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you don't know if that last breath, because it's like, wait, is that one coming? Is it coming again? Like, yeah. yeah. And you know, my grandfather died. You know, gosh, in like '93. So, and that was the first time I ever saw that happen. I was with my grandmother when she passed away. I was with my other grandmother when she passed away. I was with my stepfather when he passed away. You know. And so, <laughs> by now, I'm thinking I'm used to it, right? Yeah. And no, so you're I'm never, like, I don't think you ever get used to that. Yeah. But I'm with mom, but at least I was thinking I knew what to expect, you know? And it was so funny because we always used to laugh about, you know, how prissy she was and what a lady she was and yeah. all that. It was so funny because she didn't do that. And really? Oh, wow. Lauren, Lauren looked over and she goes, Mom, look, it's a tear. And she had this just single tear running down her left cheek. <gasps> and, 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 and she just quit breathing. It was the craziest thing. Yeah. I bet she saw your dad. Well, and we thought that, or it was just like she, you know, saw her savior face to face. And was like, yeah, absolutely. Now, did your, so, so, okay, because your, this happened pretty quick with your mom. Yeah. I mean, did. relatively quick. But did, did you have any times where she saw someone that had passed before that she mentioned to you before she passed? Mm -mm, no. Mm -mm. Yeah, I had that with my dad and I had that with my mom. So, um, he, well, a real good friend of ours had been on the same protocol. He had the same kind of cancer and the same was on the exact same medication that she was on and had been on it for 14 years. Oh, my gosh. So we were, you know, just convinced that she was going to be around for at least another 10 years. Yeah. You know, and she was gone in 10 months. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what? And, and the thing that I used to tell mom when she would cry and the doctor you know, it was so hard when the doctor would say, you know, well, I don't know, Sue, if we want you to keep doing this treatment. It's so invasive and so making you sick. And, and you know, she never wanted to hear that there wasn't a hope, you know, wasn't hope. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't accept it either. And I used to just tell her, I said, you know, Mom, our days are numbered. Like, like God's going to make the decision when it's your time. Yeah. And she lived longer than the doctors because I don't think the doctors ever thought she would get more than six months and she lived almost a year, but she was just a fighter, fighter, fighter. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are days, Kim, when I look back on that and I go, gosh, I wish I would have just had the fortitude enough to say, mom, let's just like get in the van. Let's just or get in the Cadillac. Let's go down to the beach, rent a house and just hang out the next six months. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I wished now looking back. Would she have done it? I don't know. She wanted to fight. She wanted to live. And she was so sick. And there would be days when I don't even know how she did it. But she would push through and put on her makeup. And she would do it. Mm -hmm. um, but, well, you know, yeah. When you have the faith that we have, you know, that we're gifted with. It's You, you believe in miracles. You know? That's right. And so that's another reason you feel like you got to do your part if you're expecting a miracle. And if that means you know, go along with the medical treatment, of course you're going to do that, you know? Yeah, and I think for me, too, you said earlier about the natural order of things, because I can't tell you how many times I would lay by her bed, she'd be asleep, I'd be bawling and praying and saying, you know what, I don't have kids, um, take me, you know, take me yeah. instead. And then, and then my friend would be like, your mom would not make it a week say, that's the worst thing your mom would not make it a week if you passed away she would be broken broken and so you think about no one is supposed to bury a child before them and so obviously that is the natural order of things but you know and then you look at people that lose their kids you know uh, babe loffenberg right lost his son he's 21 you know another friend lost their son at 19 so it's hard sometimes to 
Yeah, but how human of you to bargain with God when you're, you know, that desperate in that moment, you know? Absolutely, and and yet you do, and yet you do, mm-hmm. uh, and then you realize, who am I? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> well, we all do that, though. Oh, you little child! You, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you do. You don't know me very well. <laughs> you and I have talked about this before. That I have the worst habit of like, okay, God, I've got the best idea. You're just gonna look at, you know, instead of going to him with, okay, you know, what's what's your will? Your will, yeah. Like, listen like, to this idea that I have. You're gonna love this one. Yeah, listen like, to this script. Tell me what you think about this this <laughs> this play that we have going out now. How are your kids doing with with her passing? Because I know they were close to her as well. You know what? Yes, and um. Boy, you know, they felt Rudy's father because they were really close to Rudy's dad. Yeah. Um, that one was really hard on them, but they didn't live in Nashville, you know. I mean, they, you know, they'd come visit a lot, but, but you know, they didn't live close. Yeah. yeah. And, <clears throat> excuse me, the thing I loved for both of my children is they both had their own relationship with their grandparents, yeah. you know. And so, <clears throat> like, Lauren, you know, works down the design district and mom lived at Tara's house on Maple, you know. Oh, so she'd see her a lot. Lauren would go by on her way home from work a lot. And just, you know, just ch- especially once Jim was gone, you know. Yeah. And then when we had cold lines out on Beltline, my son, well, he's in the ho- hotel business. And one of his hotels was off of um, uh, the tollway and Beltline. So a lot of the times he'd just go duck in there and have lunch, you know, during the week a couple of times with Jim, with my stepfather. Yeah. And um, so they, you know, they were buddies. They had their own little relationship, and it was really sweet. Yeah. So it was it was hard on both of them, but I think they both know that they were so lucky that they, because a lot of their friends, you know, that grew up in the Park Cities, they're not like second, you know, generation Island Park kids, and their their grandparents don't live here, you know. Right. So yeah. so, and you get perspective when you think about those things, right? When you look back and go, oh my gosh, how fortunate was I to have that kind of relationship, and I was able to be that close to them. And I think I'm I'm lucky that rather than look at it like, you know, they feel cheated because yeah. now they're gone and they miss them. I mean, you know, again, the natural order of things, you know, they know their grandparents aren't going to live forever, ever. And I think they feel really blessed that their parents were young and hip and with it, you know, and because, you know, they would travel together and, you know, yeah. just, you know, go out to dinner together. And I mean, they really enjoyed their company as people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so and, uh, you know, although they miss them terribly, I just I think they feel really blessed and grateful that they, you know, got to have the kind of relationship with them that they did. And I think that brings me up, that brings me something about the whole crux of this show, Kim, is that people say, what have you learned in this journey? And I've learned gratitude and people look at me funny and I said, well, let me tell you a story. So I'm sitting there talking to a client of mine. We're talking about our parents. He said, I'm so sorry about the loss of your dad last January. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, you know, my dad was murdered when I was 19. Wow. Or, you know, my mom, you know, she was young. She was 62. Oh, well, I lost, you know, my child to suicide when, you know, she was 16. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, or my mother died in childbirth with me and I was yeah. raised or, or, um, I was estranged from my mother and I I didn't (laughs) have the kind of relationship that you do. So when you think about those things, I think it's a great point what you just said, the natural order of things. We will never understand. And regardless of one's faith, at least in the Christian faith, we we know, we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe we will see him and we know we're going to be reunited with our loved ones. That's our faith. 
but others don't, you know, whatever they choose to believe. And I want, you know, this show is, it. I want everyone to come to the table when it comes to grief. I don't want an, anyone to feel left yeah, out. Jen, that we don't like your grief. Right, <laughs> because grief is universal, right? It, it yeah. is the visitor that is uninvited that stays forever with us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's with us. It's our companion now. Mm-hmm. But, but going back to the gratitude thing, it really hit me right between the eyes when Lonnie said, well, un, you know, my dad was murdered when I was 19. Other friend's daughter lost her mom in a tragic car accident. She was only 22. So when you think about that, Kim, I got to go back to the gratitude lane. Absolutely. Because I think, oh, my goodness, I had my dad for 55 years. Mm-hmm. I had my mom till I was 47. Thank God I had her through the formative years as a girl and a young woman and, and, you know, an older woman and to, to, to mold and shape me. Right. Uh Versus that or losing my mom in a tragic, tragic car accident when I was 22. I mean, I can't imagine what my life would have looked like in that. Well, and you and I've talked about this since my mom passed that, you know, you and I have friends or know people who, um, you know, don't have any relationship with their parents. Yeah. 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 And they, I mean, they just, it's hard. It's hard for them. And, and, and so we have to, we have to find, and I think this is something to encourage you too, is that, you know, I posted today something on Instagram and I said, we always, always, always have something to be thankful for. Uh And I think it's important that, especially in the world that we're living in, we're living in such a fallen world right now. Okay. We're living in a scary world. We're living in a, we don't know from day to day what tragic shooting's going to happen when people are picking strawberries for their pie on Sunday and a, a madman comes into Walmart and starts shooting and that, you know, grandma dies in the strawberry section. I wow. mean, it's just horrific, but we've got to find the ways to go. Thank God we had one, the relationship we did with our mothers. We were so close to them, mm-hmm. had them, this long and how blessed were we yeah because we're never going to want them to go mm, oh no no you know us, we'd go holding hands at the same time yeah and, and then you know a friend of mine lost her mom her mom was 88 last year mm-hmm. and listen you lose your mom you never want your mom to go but i yeah. said man how how blessed are you to have allowed her to live long enough to 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 your children were in their twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at my mom, and my mom Bentley was three when she passed. Ma- Maddox was one, and she didn't meet the other two. So that's the part that just I get mad about mm-hmm. is that she doesn't. They don't get to know what a cool ass grandmother they had. Right. Um, that hurts me, and I know it hurts my brothers. But you know, we can't control life. No. So I I just feel like that if you're listening that sometimes you're in yeah please you you know in the most acute pain I mean we're gonna feel it feel what you feel it's normal and you have to do it but just yeah. remember that there are others that that didn't have that blessing of that length of time. Yeah, you know what though, I, I, and this is something I learned to be careful about because like right before I lost and of course you know I thought my parents were you know so young and healthy and for their ages you know they were going to both live at least another 10 years i mean before we even started seeing a decline in their health and a really good friend of mine um had lost who's my age had lost his father who was 94 and fortunately i hadn't spoken to him much before um you know he told me i called to check on him one day and he said you know he goes people act like 
because my dad lived to be 94 that I should be okay with losing him. Right. You're, that's that a great was, point. You're not okay. Yeah. And he said, you know, I mean, yeah, I know I'm really fortunate that I had my dad as long as I did. And he said, um, but, you know, it doesn't mean I'm going to miss him any less now that he's gone. So true. It hurts any less. It's so gone. true. I, yeah. I say what a blessing. You know, I say, oh, you're totally going to miss him. But like, but like. You know, I mean, we, you know, we never want to let go of our parents and what a blessing it would be to live that. But I do, I do hear him because I do think that in our society that people negate, oh, well, you had him for 97 years. Yeah, so used to being taught to look at the positive, you know, that, and it's like, I, and I was just like, hey, you know what? You sit with that just as long as you need to. That's because right. You're right. You that's know? right. There, And that's the, that's the key thing that I, you know, that I write about when it comes to grief too, is that there are zero rule books about it. So the, true. the only thing I will say that is not a good thing is if over time you are finding that you are in a medical deep depression, turning to drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, whatever that is to mask and avoid, avoid, avoid. Mm -hmm. And then you are, you are, you know, to the point where you can't even get out of bed for a long period of time, then you have to find a way to seek medical help, right? Or, right. Be yeah, I agree. But outside of that, listen, I'm not going to tell anybody. I mean, I was in the grocery store three weeks ago, and I don't know what the trigger was. Oh, I know what it was. Leanne Womack, I Hope You Dance song came on in the grocery store. Uh, yeah, that's a killer. That right was there. mom's <laughs> favorite song. And I had her meet Leanne Womack. Um, it was a blessing at the Gaylord. It was three months before she passed and surprised her with Leanne Womack. And I had to, Kim, I literally had to push my cart to the side and mm -hmm. go to the bathroom and i just started bawling for 20 minutes honey i get it believe me and it's been almost 10 years so what <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah those are I'll triggers and those are those are always going to happen to us well I, I tell people all the time i still cuss and cry and scream a lot you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> like, yeah you know, i mean it's just you know because it's just gonna happen you know? it's a process and i think we have to be gentle with ourselves i i know one thing i did i had you know i had so much family trauma around my mom passing away and and a lot of fragmentation in the family that was very painful on top of that and my therapist used to say just get a baseball bat and beat the crap out of your mattress so i did i would take the baseball bat and i would go in and i would man i my yeah, arms my arms look good the first year after <laughs> she passed um but i would beat the crap out of it and then i had nothing left yeah, you know, to, yeah. to get out because I had to, I had to get that rage and that hurt and that anger out. So, you know, running or going to the gym or walking or doing something, um, it, it can help you, right? Help you can out. help. Yeah. Um, sure. I'm so glad that, that we had this. One of the things, you know, when you just talk about your divorce for a moment, because I think it's important for listeners too, because as I was saying on the show, it, it doesn't always have to be about the physical loss of someone, mm -hmm. but did you, when you were going through divorce, and obviously you were, I mean, you were married to a Grammy Award winning, you know, I mean, a very high profile marriage, Kim. Mm -hmm. um, for someone listening that may be going through a divorce, like, did you feel, did you feel a lot of anger? Did you say, okay, we know this isn't working. We've got to end this. I mean, kind of what was your process quickly in kind of reaching the point where, okay, we've got to do this, but we've got to do it in a place that's, that's healthy for our kids. Um, you know, it, I, and I've told Rudy this, so I, I'm not talking out of school, but like, you know, for the first probably 12 years, we were really happy, you know, and things were great. And then, you know, 
um, for five or six years after that, you know, I was really trying to hold my marriage together. And, you know, we used to laugh and say that if he had had a nine to five job, he, you know, he was on the road 250 days a year, but if he had had a nine to five job, we would have never had our second child. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. God is so smart in his divine wisdom. That's right. Um, but you know what? Um, it was just, it was a really hard decision for me to make because, you know, I, I didn't want to grow. I didn't want my children to grow up like I had, you know? Yeah. And um, with divorced parents and Rudy's parents, you know, had been married forever. Um, and there was, I mean, like, I think our, our, our divorce was the first one ever in the whole Gatlin family. And, oh, um, there's no pressure there. Right, right. <laughs> and, um, but it's, you know, the beauty in it is like, I'll tell you, it's gonna, this, this is what's going to choke me up. Um, <clears throat> when I had mom in ICU, my brother was at his first parents weekend at OU mm. for his son. And, you know, there was nothing you could do, you know what right. I'm saying? And so, you know, it, it, I was there by myself. And and uh, as soon as Lauren told him that mom was in ICU, they were doing a huge uh, thing at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville that night for Ronnie Millsap. Yeah. And um, he called Larry's daughter, Kristen, and had Kristen come sing his part. And he went and got on a plane, came to Dallas. Aww. Uh, mom um, had a heart attack that night. Um, just, you know, she was just, everything was going wrong. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it was so funny cause I mean, you know, we've been divorced, what is um, 15 years now, but I mean, he came in like the cavalry and he had brought, um, breakfast from Chick-fil-A for 25 for the whole floor of nurses, you know, and he walked in and handed me a spicy chicken biscuit. <laughs> said, go to sleep. I got this. Oh, <laughs> I hadn't been asleep in like 36 hours. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you uh, know what? I think that is so beautiful. And I think the thing is, is that that's that's a testament to the love that you guys shared because you don't have to be in romantic love with someone. Well, and like I said, I mean, you know, the, here's the best part. But yeah. you're there, and you're also, those are his, you're his kid's mother. That, that's what I was going to say. He's always known, and I've always known about him, our kids are going to be the best when they know their mom or dad are okay. That's right. And that their mom and dad can be civil and loving and, you know, and show them a healthy way that you can separate without all the dissension and anger. You know, my mom, well, of course, my mom was only 21, but, you know, she was too young, but I, yeah. I hate seeing kids that are put in the middle of their parents' oh, stuff. I see it all the time. Kim, it's awful. It's everything I can do not to bite my own tongue off. Yeah. You know? It's awful. It's not It's not hurting him or her. It's hurting their children. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's a beautiful that sentiment. For Now, is Rudy's parents both gone now? Yeah, they're both gone. Okay. You know, he came back and, and did um, her service. Yeah. You know? And then he came back when you know, for uh, internment in, in and um, sang Amazing Grace, you know. Yes. I mean, he just, you know, I mean, he, he was one of her kids, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's beautiful. And, um, and that's, that's something that'll, you know, live within you. And just, that's a gift that, you well, know, that's just a beautiful gift. Our children to see. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh. That kind of support. So, um, so tell everybody, um, uh, you know, we have to, we'll talk about this when we do the TV show version, but, um, uh, you know, if you guys don't know, one of my favorite shows that was on the air was uh, Kim's uh, show, her novel, Good Christian Bitches, that got uh, turned into an ABC series that I loved. Um, Thank you. Anything happening in your world of, you know, what, what are you working on these days? 
Um, well, actually, Kristen Chenoweth and Jennifer Aspen, um, who were Carlene and Sharon on the show, yeah, they met on the set of my show and became best friends. They're still best friends to this day. And they also performed, uh, 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 performed. They also uh, d- put together a production company. That is fabulous. Together. And they, their company has optioned uh, the reboot of it. And, oh, um, so okay. And on that, you know, we're it's we're talking to the lawyers right now, and you know what a whip that can be. Yeah. Oh, but that's so fun. <laughs> fun. I know. I'm super excited. Yeah, I yeah. love that show. This is so funny because I should probably get your input for this, but I was thinking the other day I was trying to explain to a friend of mine who's not lost her parents. Yeah. Um, that um, there needs to be. Remember, well, I know you're. I know we just talked about how you never had children, but uh, I know your friends did. Yeah. And there was this book that all of a sudden, it was one of those books that everybody kind of went, "Why didn't I think of that?" When I was having my children, called "What to Expect When You're Expecting." Oh yeah, I used to see that book all the time from people that were pregnant. Yeah, that must be like the Betty Crocker, like Good Housekeeping of, recipe book. Yeah. Yeah. For, yes, it yeah. absolutely is. And I told somebody the other day, I said, I need to write a book called What to Expect When You're Not Expecting to Lose Your Parent. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? We should do that together. Um, both being authors. No, I think that's really good, Kim. I, I really think that that is important. And there is so much wisdom in sharing our experiences well, I, with each other. I was going to tell you, too, that just for your listeners, that... One thing that has helped me tremendously, and and what made me think of it was you bringing um, you being so sweet to bring up my book and my show. Um, but my my book came from journaling, and it was when Reedy and I went through a divorce, and I was journaling, and my therapist told me to, to journal because I was you know I was trying so hard not to screw up our kids, you know, yeah. through the process. So I was in therapy when we were going through our divorce, and <clears throat> she kept saying, "Excuse me, I want you to journal." I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that." She's like, no, no, I really want you to journal. I was like, "Yeah, I really don't want to." You know? <laughs> Finally, after about the fifth time, she said, they did this study on people, you know, they had two separate groups of men who went into the prison system. One journaled, you know, through their experience, you know, daily throughout all this stuff, and the other one didn't. The ones who journaled processed things in a much more healthy way, and, you know, they you could even tell in their handwriting, you know, that they were in a lot better shape than the other guys who didn't journal. I was like, okay, well, if you had told me that the first time you asked me to journal, I would have journaled. <laughs> so I started journaling, and that's where my book came from. <laughs> And Isn't one that thing something? That has helped me so much in this process of processing all this with mom is I've been journaling. Good. It helps so much. I oh, it does. I, I mean, I did too. I think for the first couple of years, I I just um I I didn't know what to do with myself because I told mom and I talked two or three times a day. Yeah, so did mom. My my real father used to refer to my relationship with my mother as near sick. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, my family called us mom squared because we were just alike. But um, yeah, I mean, I didn't know what to do with myself because we would always, at least always have a conversation. I don't care if it was before dinner or after dinner, even if it was just 10 minutes, like how was your day? Or, yeah. oh my God, you're not going to believe what happened today, you know? Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and so I would have to write. I, I, I started writing because I, I didn't, I felt so empty mm-hmm. not having those conversations because that was my best friend like your mom was to you. Mm-hmm. And it's hard and we miss them so, so much. And um, I'm so glad that you came on. And um, well, so just so, me. yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. And so what we're going to do is um, make sure that you guys follow 
uh, Fingerprints of Grief on Fishbowl Radio Network. Um, we'll be doing our YouTube channel soon. And, um, and but we're going to get back together with Kim because we want to do a video version uh, that for everyone. And we'll talk about this again. But um, I feel like, you know, I guess, Kim, the best thing right, you could tell somebody is it's really, truly, and you can tell me if you're right, if I'm right on this, but some days it's just one hour at a time. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, one exactly. hour, one day uh-huh. at a time. And I think you go back to, what is that Bible verse about something about, you know, if if I take care of the birds or feed the birds, who are you to think I'm not going to clothe you and feed you and all that, right? And uh, right, I'm yeah. chopping up the verse, but the I'm whole point of in the Bible, you really break it down and you go back to, he just wants us to live in the present. Mm-hmm. And take it one day at a time. Yeah. Well, one thing I noticed, too, that is very true is you are inundated. I mean, you will hear from people, especially when it's a parent you're losing. You know, you'll hear from, I mean, I heard from people that worked for mom 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, and that I hadn't seen or thought about in 20 years. Yes. You know? um, and all that. And then you know, when it gets super quiet, you know, when all the, the activity slows down yeah. a lot, which it's going to do eventually, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't care if your dad was the president. You know, it eventually slows down. And when it gets quiet, that is when it gets difficult. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And and it's uh, it, it, no doubt. Absolutely. And I think that journaling, if you're and, and you don't even have to, let's just say that if you have, you know, you're driving and you want to turn on your audio recorder, or even if you don't want to turn on, or you just want to scream, you know, or scream in the car or get a bad, whatever you have to do to get those feelings out is healthy for yeah. you. Um, so yeah, I'm just so thrilled. We're going to, we're going to do this again, Kim, when we've got our video working or we'll bring you into studio and then we'll go have dinner after, um, uh, yeah, which will be great. Yeah, I, but I want to say thank you for, for coming on. Thank you guys for tuning in to fishbowl radio network. We're here every Friday night from five to six. Now next week I'll be doing a live show from Vegas, um, from the Super Bowl, And, uh, we're going to have Dr. Aaron Shannon, who is a world renowned psychologist, um, energy healer. And we're going to be talking about, she, she focuses a lot on loss, um, but also works with a lot of athletes in, um, their, uh, mental health field for, um, you know, becoming a superstar athlete. And then once the lights and all the fans are gone, you know, kind of same thing with grief, Kim, like that world is gone. And then they're like, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll be a great show. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, please follow Fingerprints of Grief on Facebook. And Kim, what's the best way for people to follow you? Um, either my, it's, uh, I've got a Good Christian Bitches page and I've also got a, uh, a personal page that they can follow. Uh, the Kim Harmon Gatlin page and then um, KH Gatlin on Instagram. Perfect. KH Gatlin on Instagram. We'll have you back. So guys, thank you so much. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for diving in with us to this episode and we'll see you next week. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric wavy when I turn it on. Off of my city, off of my home We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone I got that sunshine in my pocket Got that good soul in my feet I feel that hot blood in my body But then it drops, ooh I can't take my eyes off of it Open 